Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. children laughing as they play the trees start singing without warning it's gonna be a wonderful day you know i got no patience for complaining to stop and quetch about all the bills i have to pay cause even when there should be sunshine but it's raining my feet will dance me to the kretschma anyway so man is the blessings, they're coming, but you keep on running. Just sound and sing. Plus, three.
горчики.
שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. Amor be Marco 
JM in the AM with uh, Shlomo Katz. First year Yismach Melech and then uh, Cold OD um, here at JM in the AM. In between, you heard Hula done by Eighth Day. Barry Weber was in there with Geshert Tsar. Charasha, brand new song from Benny Friedman we introduced yesterday when Benny was in studio here at JM in the AM on a new music alert Wednesday. If you missed it, we have an archive section at NahumSiegel.com. Facebook live video is still up at Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network was a really nice appearance by Benny yesterday here at JM in the AM. And, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Thursday on this November the 21st. Happy birthday, Mr. Itzy Weintraub, world's number one father-in-law. Day 23 in the month of Marcheshvan with 41 degrees, mostly sunny and a high of 54. Clouds tonight, low 47, and clouds for Erev Shabbos tomorrow with a high of 57. Yerushalayim at 65. We're at 41 here in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. And I'm glad you're tuned in today. We have a special guest coming into our studio later on. Jew in the City, our very own Allison Josephs, who's on Thursdays with Jew in the City Speaks. Uh, she'll be with us as we speak about their big event coming up. Jew in the City has a big event coming up in December. We'll do that. Also, Yoshua Siegel is going to join us from Max Live, talk about tonight's game versus Brooklyn College, Yeshua University Maccabees against Brooklyn College tonight in their home opener. So we will talk about that uh, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. It's also Thursday, which means we have a big day here, of course, at the Nahum Siegel Network. So we've got uh, plenty coming up, a whole bunch of wonderful material to uh, share with you between now and 9 a.m. and, of course, all day long at NahumSiegel.com. And uh, here on uh, NSN, uh, feel free to comment on our app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, also, a uh, reminder, you could sponsor part or all of a JMN broadcast in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, whatever the case may be. Just go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. All these sponsorship opportunities are outlined there. And uh, you could check it out. And... Um, and really help us out. Keep us going here at the Nahum Siegel Network. It's only been, uh, what is it now, JM, about 36 years? You can have a role in keeping us going. And uh, how great of a feeling would that be? So go to fjbunity.org, and I thank you. Leepa's next at JM in the AM. Ani, ani, itcho. Ovin horas, loy loy shtefucho. Itcho, ani, ani, itcho. Itcho, ani, itcho. Ki savoir pamayim. Ani, ani, itcho. Ovin horay, loy loy yishtefucho. Itcho ani, ani itcho. Itcho ani, ani itcho. Ki seyleb moy Loy, loy, 
אני, אני איתך, איתך אני, אני איתך.
שלם לא חצי, זהו כוח אדיר לעולם, הוא מאיר יהודי, זה הכל, לעולם לא ייפול, זהו זן ישראל פורחת, צורחת, ממש מעל כולם, ואת הדלת היא פותחת, לכל מי שרוצה לבוא לך, לכל מקום שבו תלך, כולם יודעים שבניסים הוא מתקיים, ואת כל מי שרק תשאל, תשמע שעם
sit here on these shores Return again, we'll return again to you From these shores, return again to you J.M. and the A.M. Are you a counselor? Thursday morning broadcast, J.M. and the A.M. Happy birthday, Mr. Itzy Weintraub, world's number one father-in-law celebrating a birthday today. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. <clears throat> um, so uh, yesterday, as many of you know, uh, the reports came out about the attack yesterday morning in Rockland County. And uh, there have been many news reports and, and, and plenty of articles going around. Nancy Cutler of the Rockland Westchester Journal News writes as follows. Fear gripped the greater Muncie area after Wednesday morning stabbing of a man walking to synagogue. Shock, they said, should not be mistaken for surprise that such an attack would occur in an area that is home to thousands of Hasidic and ultra-Orthodox Jewish families. Many pointed to growing tensions between a generally secular Rockland and Ramapo's ultra-Orthodox community, an issue that bubbled up during the recent elections. The bigotry has been allowed, it has grown, it has involved political parties, Facebook pages. This according to Rabbi Yisrael Kahan of Muncie. Ramapo police are continuing the investigation and seeking any information on the incident. Police Chief uh, Weidel said during a Wednesday early afternoon news conference that the incident is not currently classified as a hate crime. He said that doesn't mean it won't be classified as such at some point, but he must follow the statute. Uh, the attack took place 5.49 a.m. yesterday along Howard Drive. Ramapo police say the victim was stabbed and slashed by assailants as he walked to morning prayers at a nearby synagogue. The victim is in critical condition, Westchester Medical Center in Valhalla, which is the uh, Trauma 1 facility for the region. A stabbing attack is horrific, especially for people within a community who know the victim in a neighborhood that has otherwise a very low crime rate said Yossi Gestetner, a founder of the Orthodox Jewish Public Affairs Council and resident of Spring Valley. If it turns out to be motivated by hate, it sure takes us all in Rockland into uncharted territory. A representative of the ADL attended the Ramapo Police Department's news conference and cited a growing... Excuse me. Cited a growing number of hate crimes in the New York metropolitan area. 
The NYPD continues investigating a string of possible hate crimes in Brooklyn's Hasidic neighborhoods and has reported a swell of such incidents in 2019. Rockland has been home to Hasidim for decades. Anti-Semitic graffiti incidents have spread, but law enforcement has reported few violent hate crimes. Meanwhile, rhetoric tinged with negative connotations against Orthodox Jewish voting power has gained steam on social media and elsewhere. During local elections in November, key races, including for a Rockland legislator seat that represents an area nearly devoid of ultra-Orthodox residents, the Jewish community, Jewish community's perceived political power served as a focal point. In the contest for District 17, which includes Orange Town's riverfront villages, to Blauvelt and Orangeburg and a bit of West Nyack, incumbent Nancy Lowe Hogan, a Democrat, apparently lost her seat to Republican challenger James Foley of Grandview on Hudson. Foley once ran a blog called Block the Block in reference to the strong and often unified block vote seen in the ultra-Orthodox community. His campaign signs and literature focused on neutralizing power of what he had called the Ramapo Mafia. When asked about yesterday's incident, Foley said, we do not yet know what motivated these men. So any discussion on their motivation at this point is premature. That said, he added, no person should ever be the victim of violence or a hate crime. This assault should be investigated and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. So that's some of what is going on up in Rockland County. Um, a lot of interesting things as the community continues to grow. And as neighbors are not, uh, it seems, not all neighbors are thrilled with the fact that it's growing. And uh, once we, uh, I guess, once the motive of yesterday's attack is determined, we can conjecture more about the future of the Jewish community, both in Rockland and in this area in general. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web. And now, excuse me. Round the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, in the beloved NSN app. Looks like we're headed for a third election in Israel. How do you like that? Three elections in less than a year. Pretty interesting, huh? Or just over a year. Um, news from Israel is coming up. Galitza on the background. We'll do our news from Israel next. I remind you, you could sponsor part or all of a JM in the AM broadcast. Um, go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And you'll see sponsorship opportunities, and I would hope you would sponsor part or all of a broadcast in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, whatever the occasion might be. Galetzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMNAM. לראשונה בתולדות המדינה, נשיא המדינה ראובן ריבלין העביר לכנסת את הזכות להרכבת הממשלה לאחר שנתניהו וגנץ נכשלו בכך. הפסרתי כי שיקולים פוליטיים כבר אינם יכולים להיות המצפן היחידי. אתם תשבו איש איש לנפשו, עם מצפונו, ותצטרכו לענות על שאלה אחת. מהי חובתי? Nutrulanu 
21 יום. בתוך כך, חבר הכנסת גדעון סער הכריז, בליכוד חייבים לערוך בחירות מקדימות. בריאיון בכנס של העיתון ג'רוזלם פוסט הוסיף סער, אני חושב שאוכל להקים ממשלה ולאחד את העם. גבר בשנות ה-30 לחייו נהרג כתוצאה מנפילה מגובה בחיפה. כתבנו קובי מנדל מוסר כי צוות מד"א הגיע לזירת האירוע ונאלץ לקבוע את מותו. אחרי הכישלון של נבחרת ישראל במוקדמות אליפות אירופה בכדורגל, המנהל הטכני של הנבחרת, ווילי רודשטיינר, הודף את הטענות נגד מאמן הנבחרת, אנדי הרצוג. בריאיון ראשון מאז סיום הקמפיין אמר לעידן קוולר ובוני גינצבורג הרצוג הוא האיש הנכון להוביל את הנבחרת בפלייאוף. הרצוג מאמין בשחקנים והוא האדם הנכון להוביל את הקבוצה. מצד שני, קשה לו, כי הוא התאכזב מאוד מהביצועים של הנבחרת בעקבות הציפיות הגבוהות שלו. כך המנהל הטכני של נבחרת ישראל בכדורגל. מזג האוויר מעונן חלקית, במישור החוף הטמפרטורות תרדנה וימשיך להיות יבש. ולסיום, ההצבעה למצעד העשור של גלגלצ ומאקו נפתחה. כזכור, בקיץ האחרון נבחרו מחדש שירי העשורים הקודמים, ועכשיו הגיע הזמן לכתוב את הפרק החדש בהיסטוריה של מצעדי העשור. היכנסו ל-glz.mako.co.il או ליישומון גל"צ גלגלצ, ובחרו את השירים והאומנים שעשו לכם את העשור האחרון, ואולי תזכו בחבילה זוגית לפסטיבל זיגט בבודפשט. מצעד העשור ישודר ב-31 בדצמבר. אלה החדשות שעורכת אילנה בנימין.
Now you don't have to be Chabad to want Mashiach. Oh no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. But you gotta want Mashiach to be a year. Now you don't have to be a Tzioyi to love Eretz Yisrael. But you gotta love Eretz Yisrael to be a year. Oh no, you don't. But you gotta have Rosh Hashanah to be an Shame, 
J.M. in the A.M. Zalze is um, uh, from Dovi Shapiro before that Joey Newcomb, who's performing at the New Springville Jewish Center. He'll be on Staten Island this coming Saturday night at the New Springville Jewish Center. Um, he'll be performing there beginning at 8 p.m. And uh, the song that he played for us, so the song I played, <laughs> is called To Be A Yid. Opening up the hour here at J.M. It's Thursday morning. Hello, everybody. Happy birthday, Itzy Weintraub. World's number one father-in-law is celebrating a birthday today. If you see him today, you make sure to wish him a happy birthday. Mostly sunny, high temperature 54. Good morning, everybody. Tomorrow, Malcolm Holmline is going to join us. He's executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. It's rare that local stories work their way into our conversation, but I have a feeling that tomorrow this attack in Rockland County is going to garner some reaction from Malcolm and um, and we'll, and it'll be part of our uh, conversation at 7:40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning. So make sure to be tuned in. Uh, feel free to comment on the app. Uh, go to the NSN Nachum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Uh, don't forget to support us by uh, supporting our 2019 campaign. At any point, just go to fjbunity.org. Fjbunity.org. And um, sponsor part or all of a JM and AM broadcast. Simple as that. Sponsor part or all of a JM and the AM broadcast. Simple as that. Avi Peretz is next. It's JM and the AM.
for the king of all kings from the bottom of your heart at the top of your lungs shirulo shir khadash a brand new song shirulo shir khadash everybody sing along
JM and the AM. That's the uh, Mordechai Shapiro selection, Ivdu, here at JM. Uh, before that, Benny Freeman, brand new with Tashiro. You heard Uri Davidi in there with Yismach Chatani. And uh, Ir Shel Zahav was Avi Peretz to open up that set here at JMM. Thursday morning, everybody. Don't forget tomorrow, 7 o'clock hour, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. As I said earlier, uh, an episode like what happened in Rockland County yesterday morning, which he spoke about at length about a half hour ago, um, normally would not work its way into our conversation, which normally deals with foreign policy and things happening in Israel. Uh, I have a feeling, though, that uh, this incident is going to be part of the conversation tomorrow. Uh, so tune in. Tune in. Uh, you'll be curious to hear what Malcolm has to say about Israel and the new election and, of course, what's happening on this side of the world in Rockland County and beyond. Uh, he is uh, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us Fridays at 7.40 Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Well, you have to admire Jew in the city. Um, she had the option of uh, calling in for a few minutes to this radio broadcast this morning to talk about a very important event coming up in about a week and a half or so. Um, and was also given the option to come in, have a full-length interview, and really uh, tell the community uh, the entire update about what Jew in the City and Project Macomb are all about and what they're doing these days. And she chose the latter, and that is to be admired. And she's in our studio, and we'll speak with her. Plus... We're going to put this conversation live on Facebook Live, which means that if you go to facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network a couple of minutes from now, uh, you'll be able to see this encounter alive as it's happening and um, and be part of the conversation in that way as well. So that's all coming up. It'll be facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, and we'll get an opportunity to speak about the all-stars who are going to be recognized uh, by um, uh, the Jew in the City organization. Plus, we will uh, uh, get an opportunity to uh, find out about this unique event, which is the biggest of all the events they've put together over the last few years. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Lezechernishmas Harav Zevin Rebbe and Lezechernishmas Esther Basar Rebbe Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Concerning Tshuva, it says, V'yom hazeh yetar eschem mikol tomoseichem lifnei Hashem titaro. On this day, you will have kapara, you'll have atonement from all of your sins. You'll be purified before Hashem. The end of the Pasuk says, lifnei Hashem titaro, and you will be purified in front of Hashem. The Zerashimshan asked the question, Concerning Tshuva, we've already learned that we're going to be purified. Why does the Pasuk go out of its way to say a second time, Lifnei Hashem Titaru, you will be purified before Hashem. The Zerashimshin says that there are two ways of tshuva. There's tshuva meyira. A person can do tshuva out of fear because they're afraid of the punishment. They fear the punishment and they hurry to do tshuva. That type of tshuva is of course a wonderful tshuva, but it's not on the highest level. Because of that, the person has to wait till the special day of Yom Kippur to have their complete kapara, their final atonement. However, the individual that does tshuva me'ahava, they do tshuva because they love Hashem so much that they feel bad, that they have grown distant from Hashem. And because of that, they bring out their great love 
to do tshuva and get close once more to their Father in Heaven. That tshuva is such a powerful tshuva that the person is forgiven immediately and they don't have to wait for Yom Kippur to come around. That's why it says, Lifnei Hashem Titaru, because the individual does not have to wait for Yom Kippur. They are forgiven immediately. We should all be zolcha to do tshuva me'ava, to do tshuva from great love. We should all be zolcha that we do tshuva immediately and we don't delay. An individual just came into me on Sunday night. The person told me that they have not been so good this year and they wanted to go into the things that they've done wrong. I told them, it's not important to confess. If you feel better talking about it, we can do it. But the most important thing is to tshuva immediately. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tonight, when you go home, start the tshuva process immediately, and then Hashem will forgive you immediately. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. Today is the 21st of November. Happy birthday to Itzy Weintraub, the world's number one father-in-law. If you see him today, you make sure to say happy birthday from all of us here at J.M. in the A.M. And I remind you, you could sponsor part or all of a J.M. in the A.M. broadcast. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and check out all the possibilities. Well, as we said, Jew in the city, Allison Josephs, is in our studio this morning. Uh, We admire the fact that she came in for this full-length conversation in advance of her big event that's coming up, and you can watch the entire thing right now. If you go to Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network, she's waving to the crowd as we speak. Again, that's Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, The red carpet is awaiting you and everybody who's in our listening audience as Jew in the City invites you to the 6th Annual All-Star Awards. It's happening at Alice Tully Hall, the distinguished Lincoln Center on Monday night, December the 2nd. We will go through all these details and certainly speak about all the people that are going to be recognized that night coming up. But first, we say good morning to Allison Josephs, Jew in the City. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. A pleasure. Great to have you here. And we appreciate the fact that you are here, in fact, for this uh, a full-length conversation. We get an opportunity to really hear what's happening with the Jew in the City effort. You became... Jew in the City, how long ago at this point? So I made the first video in 2005. Wow. I'm getting to the point now where I actually have to like check notes to like remember dates because it's getting a little bit foggy. So, um, but I do remember that. Um, and it was really um, because I had seen another YouTube show called Lonely Girl 15. Um, and she was taking her life. I mean, it was actually a scripted show, but people were tuning in and taking interest in this character, and I realized that most people will never meet an orthodox person in real life, but what if we could create a virtual orthodox character for them to meet? And YouTube was not very full at that point. I mean, now all of the social media platforms are... Now you're competing with everybody. Correct, but um, I was able to get in early before it was too overloaded and establish this. What are the myths today that must be debunked. We haven't covered everything yet about Orthodox Judaism, have we? So this is how things have gotten a little bit complicated since Project Makom came into my life. We actually had to redo our mission statement and move away from the word stereotype and switch instead to the word negative association. Mm. 
because the troubling thing that we've learned from these people that are leaving the, you know, the observant life is that those things that we called stereotypes for a lot of them, it's true. And that's really this, it was this aha moment. It's a, it's a um, <laughs> depressing moment. Um, I still believe there's more good than bad, but, um, and I think that this is why I had my share of haters for years that said, this is lies, this is whitewashing, this, you know, rosy picture of orthodoxy is not real. That's, it is, the, that's the crease, I hope, over the years. Um, I well, I, what I would say is trying to take a more nuanced position. Now mm-hmm. I have um, unhappy people on both sides. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> Now you know you're doing the right exactly. job. Exactly. <laughs> no, look, thank God, I think, um, for the most part, anyone that understands nuance appreciates that we are trying very hard to give a nuanced uh, perspective, but... Um, the reality is, is that, um, look, there are cases of mental illness where someone just sort of flew off the handle or is not you know, fully there. I, I don't know what the percentage of that is, but what it seems to be is that we are seeing for the people coming to us. And again, these are the ones that are leaving the community. Right. We are seeing cases where the women were giving message, given messages of sort of being subservient and submissive to their husbands. That was my per- perception of Orthodox Jews before I entered the community. Right. Then I entered the community and I met friends from all over. And I really, and I have friends from every community, from the modern to the more Haredi. And I met empowered women. But the ones that are coming to us, the ones that rejected it, it's not a surprise, were given this negative and unappealing messaging. So we're like, we can't wait to show you Judaism. It's amazing what you were raised with um, to cheat the government, to cover up abuse. Um, for women to not have voices, to have unhealthy ideas in terms of intimate matters, that's not Judaism. So we are so excited to teach you Judaism. Right. Um, but so that's the thing to call it stereotypes. It's actually happening in some places. And those are the stories that get to the media. And that's the stuff that the media loves to report oh, yeah. on. I'm also anxious to point out uh, people shouldn't think based on your presentation here that this is strictly for women. You are helping out men and women throughout the entire community who are trying to, you know, I would say improve their lives. Maybe that's a, that's too, uh, uh, that, maybe I shouldn't put it that no, way. No, it is. It, 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 it would be improvement of their lives. They, 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 they would regard it that way. Look, if you've been hurt by figures that are religious or in religious systems, religious schools, yeshivas, um, one option is to throw it all away and to assume that it's all trash and it's all horrible. The other option to take is to say, maybe my experience was bad and maybe there's better out there. Now, we did some market research before we launched Project Malcolm for people that had, you know, sort of left observance right. completely. And we discovered that a whole lot of them actually wanted to remain observant, but they weren't sure how to get sort of pathways into new communities. Right. All right, I got to stop you there for a second. We got to rewind because th- this is too important to set up for the for the audience uh, in terms of how Project Macomb uh, evolved from Jew in the City. Uh, Allison Joseph's here. You hear her 10 o'clock every single Thursday here at the Malcolm Single Network. She's done amazing work with Jew in the City. So at some point, it, I, I assume a decision had to be made if this was going to be formalized, if this effort to try to get people who want to improve their lives. Who, and by the way, you said a moment ago that it sounded like the majority of them want to stay observant. That's what it sounded like, that the majority of people who you come across – uh, who are facing these situations and are, have have you know thrown their hands up and are fed up with certain aspects of the community? The majority of them actually would like to stay within the community. Is that accurate? What I'm from the people that are coming to us, they're coming to us for this purpose of trying to find their place right. in the Orthodox world. Do you ever ask yourself why? Like you must be amazed that you meet people who have this type of background, who are bringing this type of baggage to you and others that they're suffering from, 
and yet want to stay within the community. I think because ultimately there's the Pintalayid that maybe somehow knows there's something better out there or hopes there's something better out there. I'm not even talking about us, though. I'm saying we have spoken to people that already left, that left completely. And when we spoke to them, they said, actually, I was making an attempt to come in and I didn't know how to fit into your community. The ones that are coming to us already are self-selecting because that's our mission statement to to help them come in. In terms of launching this, you know, as a a full effort— it happened because a couple came to one of my talks meant for beginners. The thing about, you know, people ask me many times, and it wasn't until we redid our mission statement, we worked with an executive coach, our board spent a lot of time thinking this over. What does Jew in the City have to do with Project Malcolm? It seems like two opposite things. Just quit Jew in the City. And I knew in my heart that it was not two different things. Lots of people were trying to attract this crowd and didn't figure out how to do it. We were not trying to attract them and they came to us. Why? Because I think ultimately a human being wants two elements of their life. They want a happy and enjoyable life, bagashmias, with their material needs, and they want a fulfilling and meaningful life, baruchnias, in a spiritual way. And that's what Judaism offers when practiced healthily. And you can find that in a variety of communities from modern to Haredi. Correct. And that is the thing that most people in the world don't know. That's the thing that most Jews don't know. Um, the people that are raised in negative situations don't know, and that's what we espouse on Jew in the City. Look at all the ways you can have room within halacha to express yourself, to eat good food, to take great vacations. There is room within our boundaries to have this enjoyable life, and then on top of that, you can have a life with meaning because I had an enjoyable life. I had all of part one in Mm -hmm. my pre-religious days, but I saw that life was fleeting and that nothing here lasts, and it was this terrifying feeling, like, what am I doing with my time day in, day out that will actually matter when I'm just going to be decomposing the ground one day? So to discover a, a spiritual side to myself and to be able to invest in that, to have wisdom to draw on when life gets complicated, to have a God to turn to when life gets tragic, that takes that enjoyable part and then gives it a foundation. So that's what human beings want. Right, And their spiritual experience has been just the opposite till this point, has been tragic one could call it or certainly a negative one and now they find someone like you and the people you're working with and they're able to turn their spiritual experience into a positive thing the first shabbaton that we did a woman um who it was a shabbaton actually at a lipa schmelzer shul um in airmont she said to me of course i believe in hashem but he's the boogeyman waiting to strike me down so there's not just yiras hashem going on here the people coming to us have been made to believe well, two things. Their their leader, their leaders, rabbis, teachers have told them the asserin that they have s- struggled with, and we're talking all forms of abuse were caused by their own actions. Right. So their averos caused it, and then as they are being tortured in these various ways, Hashem is laughing in delight with their suffering. This is, and again, some of the stuff. Um, some people told us that I was told that I caused my own yasurin, so th- some things were explicit, and other things I think were never said explicitly. But they got this message that Hashem is this bad guy that you know can't wait to you know zap them in the fires. Are, are there plenty of people? in the same communities that you're describing who are very happy? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. No, I know. And and here's the thing. My husband's like, man, you've gone so negative recently. And I I guess I, I need to sort of step back. You know, what people need to understand if they have that feeling we are being inundated with these stories. I know the majority is still good and the majority is still great and beautiful and we're not hearing from the majority. We've had, I mean, you have new cases constantly? We have a new sign up every few days and you know, one story is more tragic than the next. Men and women. Men and women. You know, the numbers interestingly divide very equally. We've had over 250 signups in under three years. We've done no formal marketing because we're not, try- we're not trying to recruit. 
meaning we want to be here as a resource for people that need us. But I would much rather if people were happy where they were. We don't need to right. move anyone's muck home. Really the ideal, and, and honestly, what I've seen from this is that if we ever want to stop the negative headlines in the Chil Hashem, if we ever want to stop people from wanting to leave, we really need to look at the underlying issues, whatever is systematic to help relieve that. Because ultimately, you know, we don't want people to, to change their place. We want them to just have a happy place where they are. And that means that Judaism needs to be practiced as it's meant to be. And what our mission statement was changed to was reversing negative associations about religious Jews. And we do this by putting forth an approach based on kindness, tolerance, sincerity, and critical thinking. Or in other words... Um, I'm laughing only because they must have such a transitional experience when they get into that environment based on where they come from. It must be amazing to them when they meet tolerant, emotionally positive people who are ready to you know, help them along. Look, we I had a woman come to me. She spent showers with my family. She said, this is the first time I've ever been with a non-dysfunctional family for this long. I've never stayed over for a Shabbos with a family that like functions nicely. So what I would say is that these are cases, these are not the normal cases. I can't speak to how many there are because no one has right. um, any, you know, and sense of those numbers. And that's not important to you, right? right? Not- no, we're, we're here. What, the reason that we have to speak about the problems is because we need the community to understand that we need your help. We we are a small organization. I was just making videos on my couch. Everyone is, oh, you know, amazed. I got a message. You came into the studio. I'd like to just sit on my couch and not go anywhere. I could really just do everything without, like, getting out of my pajamas. And then suddenly, literally, this couple came to one of my talks and said, can you help us? And I said, sure. I checked with my board. Can we do this? Let's give it a try. And then suddenly, this whole thing exploded, and we just hear story after story. And the other thing I want to say um, is that People are already switching communities, not even from Project Macomb, but from their own volition. So our school Switching in a positive way. Switching in a positive way, meaning, um, you know, the modern... Finding their place on their own. The modern and central Orthodox community right. has a lot of its own causes right. that are close to home and personal. And there's a little bit of a challenge that this may not feel so relatable to a lot of people. But what I want to say is that they have already come and more are coming. What We spoke to the principals of Bergen County Yeshivas last year, and they said they are getting more signups from Muncie and Brooklyn than ever before. We have no method um, to help them acclimate. And this is a really important thing because if these kids don't have a curriculum or some sort of process to um, be brought into the schools... To catch them up, so to speak. Absorb them um, educationally, uh, socially, culturally... Um, they could, God forbid, be tomorrow's Amudim stories. Right. Wow. <laughs> so I, what I'm saying is that we need to speak about the challenges because we really need people to understand we were just trying to be inclusive and helpful to Jews that said that they were lost. Okay, Allison Joseph's here, Jew in the City. The event is coming up December 2nd. We will get to the details. You can watch this whole conversation right now. Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network has the pressure from the two sides that you described earlier dissipated or is it just as strong as ever look i i think that whenever you try to take a nuanced position um there will be people on both sides that you know can't quite hear it all they hear is your positivity all they hear is your negativity i just had a friend recently you know more from the haredi world say you've gone too negative and (laughs) i just i texted him a bunch of screenshots of all the people on the other side that said oh she's so clueless she thinks everything is fairy tales and you know (laughs) and you know rose so (laughs) i like it's really difficult because if you hear me talking one day, we're going to feature a positive story out of the community. Right. And then you hear me another day, and it's a negative story. And are there community leaders, and I don't know if I'm really asking about rabbis, philanthropists, both, but are there community leaders that have really 
hooked on to your efforts, who have really gotten this mission, mission statement and are ready to move forward with you in, in trying to accomplish these goals? So, look, the only reason that we are operating where we are today is because we had um, some donors a few years ago that came in with some serious seed money. Um, I was never able to raise that kind of money for Jew in the city, even though I thought it was an amazing um, effort. Right. But when it came to these stories really full of pain, we were able to connect to some donors that wanted to take it to the next level. And then over time, we've been able to bring more people in. Um, but it's sort of about, you know, when you get seed money, you can't rely on it forever. You have to start right. replacing it with new money. So it's sort of about diversifying the donor base. And then really the next plan is to scale and to take it to the next level. Would this event be a little less extravagant if it was just you in the city? Have, have we gotten to a certain level because now we've got to have the financial support that we need for Project Macomb? So the reason that at our last event in 2017, um, we had 500 people. And when people left this event, first of all, the amount of stress and worry and anxiety for making an event like this is like so beyond. Every time I do it, I'm like, I'm never doing this, this again. This is an oasis for you to come in here for a half hour after everything you're going through now planning this event. <laughs> when the event ended last time, people were struggling for words to describe how they felt. And for the ones that were able to express their thoughts... We heard things like, I've never felt this proud to be Jewish my entire life. I never felt so good to be from for as long as I can remember. Right. Because remember, it's Orthodox All-Stars, right? It's Orthodox All-Stars. <laughs> a Project Michael member said to me, Allison, I only have one complaint. With a Kiddush Hashem this big, you should have filled up City Field. <sighs> so I was like, oh, that's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there one day. So we took 2018 <laughs> off because right. we were building a database. We were building infrastructure for the organization. We built a code of conduct with lawyers and mental health professionals so that we could really keep this population safe from each other um, when they do Shabbos visits. We really wanted to give this some very serious thought. We have a lot of child sex abuse victims coming to us. So how do you bring them all together and yet keep people with appropriate boundaries? Right. So we really we needed to track our metrics to be able to report to donors how many people are coming to what events per month. So we spent 2018 doing that. This year, the idea was let's go bigger. If if we can make people feel this good about being from, if we can make people from every community feel this great about being Jewish, I will have to answer one day. If Hashem will say, why didn't you have more people in the seats? That's really how I feel. You know, so many of these dinners that are done, they're, they're obligations you have for a tzedakah yeah. you believe in and you come out, sure. you write your check, you show your support. This is an event that people should be running to because for them, it's going to fill them with something that's going to last for a long time. So we were searching around for the best price we could find on a theater in Manhattan that could hold a lot of people. And we got to Alice Tully Hall. And the truth is that it's an expensive venue and it's a level of professionalism that we really didn't know what we were doing. I really spent most of my life just winging things, really. Like, I don't prepare for any interviews or really any part of life. I just really just get up and do most. Like, I could tell Allison. Um, but, um, but we got here and it's like, boy, you need to know your stuff. But we get like a billboard in front of the building on Broadway where we are blasting out who our all-stars are. We have a playbill. We ha we're on their website selling tickets. And the truth is that in terms of Kiddush Hashem, I feel like this is where we want to be. Right. That's the way to go. We want to be in everyone's face to say Orthodox Jews are not the people to, God forbid, stab and assault and do horrible things to. We are proud members of society. We contribute to the world. We lead an elevated life. We lead an honest and good life. We should be filled with Jewish pride. And that is how Jew in the City and Project Makom relate. Because ultimately, if we want to give people an alternative 
from the unhealthy experience that they had, they need something positive to run to. We always make sure that our all-stars are diverse in terms of their hashkafa. We have Dov Kramer from Passaic, who's yeshivish. We have Shulam Lemmer, who's Hasidish. We have uh, Yassi Esses, the CTO of Open Table, um, who's, I would say, maybe like, you know, modern yeshivish in L.A. We have a range, and modern Orthodox as well, we have a range of hashkafas we always have had. Because we don't want to say one way is better than another. We want to say that you can be an all-star and do incredible things from a variety of communities. And we also should note that the list of people you put together are not just Orthodox people who happen to be in these you know, interesting worlds, uh, politics, sports, and everything else, uh, but they're people who, whether they like it or not, uh, really um, serve as a wonderful example of what Orthodox Jews are in the workplace and in other public forum where they are. And that's something to be noted. They're not just, you know, from people who happen to be, you know, in those types of industries where it's, oh, it's fun to see, you know, Jews in, in those areas of, uh, of, uh, of employment. But these are people who really, again, whether it's on purpose or not, really project a tremendously positive image for Orthodox Jews. Uh, Jew in the City invites you to the sixth annual All-Star Awards. It's the greatest night in Orthodox Jewish professional success. I like that. Uh, it is presented by Hani Waxler of Bud's Events Designs. It's happening at Alice Tully Hall on Broadway in New York City. That's Lincoln Center, of course. Alice Tully, as I was telling Allison before this conversation, one of my favorite places. It is a it is one of those uh, theaters uh, where it does have the uh, incredible uh, valor of Lincoln Center, while at the same time, every seat's amazing. It's really, you feel like you're, you're part of the whole thing going on. On stage is a VIP pre-party happening at 7 p.m. that night. It's Monday, December 2nd. The doors will open at 7.30, and the awards presentations and show starts at 8 o'clock. It will be followed by uh, hors d'oeuvres and dessert. Uh, the program is produced by Disney director and Jew in the City all-star Saul Blinkoff. That must be a great feeling for you. Someone who you've recognized is now part of this whole uh, uh, presentation team. So the year that he was honored, you know, every year that we do this, we get better. The first year we did this, it really happened on a whim. Again, I told you, I spent my life winging things. We had just filmed the Maccabees for their portion of the original All-Star video that came out in 2012. That they had, were the first honorees? They were the first honorees with Senator Lieberman, Joe, um, um, what, Dimitri, why am I blacking on his name? Salida. there we go. It's, I'm getting <laughs> foggy right now. Um, we, we had 10 people in that video. And just on a whim, I said, oh, it was so fun to film the Maccabees. We should have a reunion. And my intern at the time said, let's have a launch party. I said, sure, that sounds great. So I just wrote on Facebook, it would be fun to have a launch party for this video. And a woman named Sarah Lassery, um, who owns a restaurant, um, you know, planned a lot of parties, said, I'm a party planner. I'll make you a party. And in just five weeks with no budget, we made a party with like over 200 people at, um, at KJ. Um, we had the New York Times, New York Post, Wall Street Journal there. And it was such an inspired evening that my husband said, do this every year, open up nominations to the public. And I was raised really like there wasn't Torah pride growing up because we didn't really know Torah. But my mother would be like, this person is Jewish and that person is Jewish. And they and this, invented this. And this, and this exactly. They did this, right? So that was really, um, I think, just from literally from my mother's milk, this idea of like we get very excited to find to see our people doing cool things. But I will even bring you a Torah proof that this is what Jews love to do Let's hear it. since the Megillah. Yeah. So they the Jews have been saved from sudden death. It's almost the Holocaust, and then in an instant everything flips, and they they don't hear the Megillah say they're happy. When do we see Lahudim Haisa Ora? Right, when Mordechai comes out standing next to the king. It's when Mordechai gets you know sort of rolled out for everyone to see number two in the kingdom. 
that's when the Jews have this Ora and Simcha and Sasson. We talk about it every week. The week is starting. Time to go work. Go go be another Mordechai right now and do right. something uh, exceptional. So um, it bring it just brings a joy. And I would say like this. For every time we see a negative headline about something that our community member has done that makes us feel embarrassed and ashamed and makes us wonder, how can I go to work on Monday? They're going to see me as that guy. This is that exact opposite feeling. I'm with her. I'm with him. He's successful. She's, you know, when we see people that are doing great things um, that we look up to, we want to be a part of that. And I would say that feeling of someone wanting to lean into it makes us more excited to be to be observant. When we hear from our friends from the non-Jewish or non-observant world that they've seen Shalom Lemmer, for instance, and they call us, are you aware of this? We take great pride. And of course, God forbid the opposite. If a news story is uh, out there for, uh, you know, for negative purposes, that same, uh, you know, that same feeling, that same extreme feeling, uh, you know, overwhelms us. It's not one of pride, unfortunately. It's one of, of tremendous uh, uh, disappointment. Uh, so yes, you are right. When we have all stars like this who are out there and doing amazing work and really providing incredible, uh, an, an incredible example to everybody about what Orthodox Jews are and can be, it is an amazing feeling. And you are recognizing uh, Dove Kramer, as you said, executive producer at WFAN, Shalom Lemmer, who you mentioned, uh, the Honorable David Friedman, great U.S. ambassador to Israel, uh, the Honorable Stephanie Pollack, Secretary of Transportation in Massachusetts, an Orthodox Jew, huh? An Orthodox Jew. Amazing. Sam Raskoff, former director of the NYPD Intelligent, Intelligence Analysis Unit, another Orthodox Jew. I don't know how you meet all these people, by the way, but are they, in fact, uh, coming to you from, from emails and, and those who are nominated? These are people are all nominated, correct, yes. Interesting. Uh, Jerry Wittenstein, NASA physicist who developed three of the six trajectories for Apollo 11. Sounds like a smart guy. And he finished Shas. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. That's great. Karen Barrow, senior editor at the New York Times. What's a nice Jewish girl doing at the New York Times? <laughs> <laughs> uh, A.J. Edelman, first Orthodox Jewish male Olympian. We read a lot about him uh, during those Olympics. Joseph Esses, CTO of Open Table, you mentioned. And uh, who did I leave out? Batel uh, Gatterer. Gatterer, first Orthodox Jewish female Olympian in what sport? Taekwondo, and wow. she actually beat. You know, we thought that AJ was the first, right. the first Orthodox Jew to get to the Olympics right. in world history, and then we, Batel was nominated. We found out that a girl got there first, two thousand and eight, in Beijing, Unbelievable. and they've never met before, so they're actually meeting for the first time at our event. The majority of these all stars are going to be there at Alice Tully Hall. People will literally have a chance to meet these people. Which is pretty amazing. And we also have former All-Stars come back. What's, right. what's cute about it is it's a little bit of a club. Um, when you're that high in your career, um, remaining observant, being observant, is really something that's quite... Um, they're, they're, it's not by accident. It's not stum. It's really... It takes an effort. It, it takes a real effort. And it's for them to have support and to have friendships. So some of our All-Stars have actually become close friends with each other because they can support each other through these challenges of that balance of, you know, work life and, and from life. Well, look, and, and one other point, of all the people on this list, the one I'm most familiar with likely is Dove Kramer, who's an old friend, and the level of respect that his colleagues, forget for a moment the, uh, uh, you know, those who might be, uh, you know, family and friends who understand the great example he's setting, but his colleagues... Non-Jewish, secular colleagues who who likely many of them have never really met or dealt with an Orthodox Jew in their lives. It's amazing the respect that they have for him. 
What's really so heartwarming for us is to see how when we go to film the All-Stars, because we, we have videos for nine out of ten of them. We were not able to get one for uh, the ambassador. The State Department was uh, not being so easy. But, um, I hear that. But um, to see how their colleagues relate to them. We saw how Dove's colleagues relate to them. When we went to Ford last time to film the treasurer of Ford, Neil Schloss, and we're talking about a from Yid managing the money of, you know, the, the late Henry Nazi Ford. Henry Ford. He's <laughs> yeah. probably rolling in his grave. First of all, the company has done a lot of, I would say, soul searching to really rectify what their past came from. And they were so, whatever we can do to help you, you know, they didn't know the word mensch, but they wanted to basically tell me, like, Neil is the biggest mensch, like, whatever we can do to help you with Neil, we would love to. So that's really um, just so lovely that we're we're publicizing their light that they, you know, sort of put out in their everyday lives um, to increase that pride and joy. And so that's why for anyone that said, oh, you've gone so negative. No, the message is still so, so positive. The problem is that like we have had these very heavy traumatic stories come to us. And I feel like we have to be a mouthpiece. I have to be a mouthpiece for these people because a lot of times they don't feel like they're taken seriously. So I need the I know world. Many of them are afraid to open their mouths for about taking seriously. Correct. So, and by the way, we didn't address that those from their community and how they view them as they go through this experience. That's also, you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, about code of conduct, code of conduct, social contact with those, you know, who are in, who are in uh, delicate situations. I mean, they also have to deal with people in their own community that they come from and the things that are said about them and God forbid things that might be done to them because of the path that they're now on, that's a big challenge, right? A lot of them do not have contact with their families right. or they come to us in complete secret. We had one guy that told us, I've never said my inside voice out loud to another person in my life. You are the first people that heard my real questions, my real doubts. When someone is so isolated, they become so desperate. So, you know, I think what I'm hoping is that our, you know, 10 plus years, our 12 years of Kiddush Hashem, of positivity, will give us a little bit of protection to say that some things need changing because right. ultimately the goal is to build and to inspire and to make Jews feel great about Torah and mitzvot. But if there's a problem that people are being hurt by, if we don't fix it, then it's a chil Hashem. So, so recognizing where we're falling short is a huge kiddush Hashem. Yeah, no question about that. Also, there's a musical performance on December 2nd because... You've uh, asked Shalom Lemmer and the Maccabees to perform, and they will that night at Alice. It's the first Storm. time they've ever performed together. We did a dress rehearsal, and when I went to hear them sing, they met at a studio in Midtown. Um, I was so overwhelmed with all the planning, and they sang a song, which um, it's a Disney song. We're not going to reveal what it is, but what I will tell you is that when I heard this song um, on my daughter's playlist about a year ago, I I'm not a very emotional person. I don't get off the couch and I don't cry very much, but I actually got um, like emotional just driving in the car because the song so perfectly described the Project Makom journey um, from sort of a, a place of darkness and, um, you know, seeing the world in a negative way and a shift to um, positivity and, and joy. Um, and when we asked Shulam to sing, I'm like, he already did the Million Dreams song, you know, for another organization. We can't do that again. And I realized this song, this song will be perfect. And as they were singing it that night over and over again, my heart was just lifted so high. And it really so well describes what we're trying to put out to the world about, you know, what the Orthodox Jewish community is, what we can be. Um, and it really, it gave me chizuk to keep on going. Um, because, you know, sometimes... 
an artistic expression of an emotion just sort of, I don't know, feels even deeper, more profound. Um, so it's the first time they're ever performing together. They are Maccabees former all-stars, right. Shulam current all-star. Um, it's really, we're just so excited to have this. And we're filming a live video that night. Oh, very cool. So if you are in the audience, and mm -hmm. you should be, um, you could be in our video. So that's kind of an, and we're going to be releasing a God willing in time for Hanukkah. Very, very nice. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NahumSiegel.com, on the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. We should also point out that on Monday night, December 2nd at Alice Tully Hall, Mayim Bialik will receive the Keter Shem Tov Award. I don't know what you can or cannot say publicly on the following topic, but I feel like I need to ask the question. Do, do a lot of Hollywood people roll their eyes at her love for Judaism and Zionism? So I've asked her this. She said it definitely feels lonely to mm. be so modest and so outspoken. You know, she's on Instagram and she's like, I'm separating dough because of the 2,000-year-old, you know, <laughs> priests that were in the Holy Temple. Um, so that's not happening anywhere else. Look, I think that she's very close with her co-star, Jim Parsons. She, you know, when I offered her this award, I kind of thought, like, maybe she's going to be done for a while, like, most people don't get a show and like, you know, I, I wanted one. Most people don't get two shows, two hit shows. That's really unusual. Um, and then just a few months after this ended, she's already now back on Fox in the fall. Um, she's going to be executive producing and starring in a show called Carla, mm -hmm. which she is uh, co-executive producing with Jim Parsons. And she is now direct. She wrote and is directing a movie starring Dustin Hoffman and Candace Bergen. So what I sort of thought was like maybe like Lifetime Achievement Award, you know. Um, no, she is still in there and she now has more control of her career than ever. So the thing about Mime is that she's always been outspoken about a variety of topics, whether it's being a vegan or Israel or yeah. Judaism. So um, it's sometimes hard if people don't agree with but you. The but the people she's surrounded by like the vegan thing. It's true. It's true. But <laughs> I don't I'm always like the Israel It's thing. true. But once you put yourself out on social media, right. you know, the meat eaters might be like, what are right. you doing there? So I think that, um, look, she's a, a human being like everyone else. And, you know, it, it gets to be a bit much if people come after you with negativity. But um, it doesn't stop her. It doesn't silence her, even if she's sort of the lone. But I will say it's interesting is that she's been dressing modestly on the red carpet for so many years, and now it's become this trend in the right. last several years. Isn't that funny? Even Kim Kardashian, her mm. husband did chuva, and now I just saw Kim Kardashian's dressing Mortznia. So I tell Mayim she's really a trendsetter here. So, yes, it can get lonely, but, um, but she has a strong voice, and no one has ever had a platform of this level right. in Hollywood. So we want to recognize that she has literally restored the crown of the good name to the Orthodox community. Uh, you can watch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nachum Single Network. Our final minutes with Allison Josephs, the event, of course, December 2nd. We should point out that our amazing friend Josh Masson, who's incredible, at Nobo is going to be your caterer that night. So people at least know that the food's going to be amazing. The food's going to be amazing. <laughs> and we should point out there's a movie premiere that night. Tell me about it. So the all-star movies um, basically is what we show for the first time. And just so people know, not everything that we show in the Alice Tully Hall Theater that night will actually go online because mm -hmm. we have a couple all-stars that um, – you know, do not want their um, video to be to be publicized. Has like, to stay exclusive. Has to stay exclusively event. that event. Um, so you will get um, a you know a peek into content that will never be seen anywhere else, and you will also be the first to see um, their stories revealed. So, um, you know, we the way that Saul runs this show, he said nobody likes long speeches. Long speeches are boring. So even I only get two minutes. 
um, the All-Stars get one minute. So this is not a light a night of long, boring, you know, drawn-out speeches. We capture two and a half minutes of each of their stories, the mo- most poignant and funny moments. They say a, a few quick words of thanks, and we move on to the next one. Mime receives her award. We'll say, I'm sure, a sure beautiful speech. Um, and then we end with a musical performance, and then we go out to a party. Um, we have Jeff uh, Nekanoff, Azamra um, DJ, who is going to be on music. Uh, we've got an open bar uh, wine from um, Herzog, you know, royal wine, sure. and Miskeo liqueur, chocolate liqueur. Um, a Hasidic woman that started a liqueur company, which is fascinating. Um, <laughs> and then we've got um, we've got Josh at uh, Nobel, partnered with uh, Jenna Dean Caterers, um, to bring you this after party. Um, you know, tons of past hors d'oeuvres coming, carving stations. Um, it's really, you know, sort of that dinner model of sitting down and being stuck with people that may be boring. And, you know, the speeches are kind of like, once it's going to be over, this is the exact opposite. You're going out to an exciting and inspiring and fun show at Lincoln Center and then having a fun party afterwards. Well, for an event that's 10 days away, you seem pretty relaxed, I must say. I'm totally, (laughs) totally chilled out. (laughs) Uh, Information about all of this. You can use the phone number, which is 201-613-2070. There are some people who still do use a telephone to make reservations for events, 201-613-2070. But I bet Allison would recommend you go to jewinthecity.com slash events. Again, that's jewinthecity.com slash events. And there is a registration level. There's a VIP level. There's different things that people could do that night. There's a show-only level because we wanted to make this more – we have seats to fill. So we wanted to do a price point that could be affordable for people that couldn't afford the full price. Um, and then there is the show and after party level where if you want the, you know, the whole shebang and then if you are able to be a sponsor, right. you get that extra party, you get some really cool swag and, and you get to know that you're helping us to, to fix some of the things in the world that need to be fixed. And again, it's two parts for the people that don't know who we are from the outside, from the people that need reminding and chizik from the inside and from the people that had such bad experiences all the way in, we're there to make being an observant Jew, a positive and beautiful and wonderful thing. Uh, again, 201-613-2070. You could email info at jewinthecity.com, and you can go to the website, jewinthecity.com slash events. We should point out that in addition to all the people you mentioned, you do have an entire list of great personal and corporate sponsors who are involved, a wonderful uh, event chairman uh, uh, committee and a regular uh, host committee, uh, all of whom are uh, prominent names who are uh, – who are also involved, and obviously you've touched a nerve. You've gotten people who are uh, of means and are leaders in our community to understand that this is a real problem that must be addressed. And everybody out there, when you go to the website, you'll see you can get your VIP sponsorships, which includes what Allison said regarding before and after the show. Uh, there's the All-Stars Experience Auction, which if you're a sponsor, you can, you'll can you be able to purchase. No, can anybody anyone, anyone, even, anyone if, you, even if you can't come to the event for $25. Online they can buy Online that? you can buy it. Um, you can get a tour of uh, WFAN Radio if that's your thing. You can get a personalized Disney drawing by Saul Blinkoff. <laughs> um, you can get a tour of uh, Warner Brothers and a meeting with Steve Spira, who's the director of Worldwide Business Affairs at Warner Brothers. So we have a variety of prizes from past and present All-Stars being given out. One-of-a-kind experiences that you can get anywhere else, but because you're supporting Jew in the City, you can get it here. And that's all there on the site, plus it's included in the VIP package of people Go in that direction. Plus, is an online ad journal that people can uh, uh, can utilize on the website as well. Reserve your spot for the sixth annual All Star Awards uh, from Jew in the City Monday, December second at Lincoln Center's Alice Tully Hall. I am very glad you came in this morning. This Me has too. been a an enlightening conversation regarding such a sensitive topic, and I'm glad there are a lot of people in our community who are getting it. 
on from all sides who are getting the uh, uh, the positive direction that you're taking people in. And uh, those who are naysayers, hopefully they'll come around very, very soon and understand just how important a project this is. And continue good luck to you. I mean, thank you so much. And a big thank you to your efforts. Every Thursday you can hear Allison Josephs on the Nachum Siegel Network with at least one uh, uh, important guest from the world of uh, Orthodox All-Stars or anyone in the uh, in the Orthodox world that is um, uh, doing something special. She brings that to you 10 o'clock Eastern time every Thursday morning right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. This video will be available forever. Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. And... Again, information about the event December 2nd at Alice Tully Hall, 201-613-2070, 201-613-2070, jewinthecity.com slash events, jewinthecity.com slash events. At whatever level you can afford, uh, there are different uh, categories, whether it's the show only, the VIP, the after party, et cetera, et cetera. It's all there on the website. Give what you can and let Allison and her staff continue to do great things uh, for people in our community who are in need. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Avram Rosenblum and Diaspora. Ah, yes, yes, yes. 
One of our listeners says on the app, Hello, Jew in the City. You're hosting a fellow Southerner at your dinner. Fine choice. You're a fresh, optimist view on Judaism. Thank you. Oh, yes. Um, one of our, one of our uh, listeners on the app says, We haven't been clear about what Project Macomb does. Well, Project Macomb essentially is trying to find a place, a Macomb, for Jews who are... Uh, who are who just are not fitting in to their um, to their segment of the community? Um, I guess that would be the best general way of putting it. But you can go to the website JewInTheCity.com where they describe the work of Project Macomb and why it's so important. JM and AM Thursday on this twenty first of November to twenty third of Marcheshvan. Happy birthday to Itzi Weintraub, the world's number one father in law. Happy birthday. Um, Tomorrow, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Malcolm will join us tomorrow. Uh, generally, what happens on this side of the world is not part of our conversation, but I think this attack yesterday morning, this stabbing in Rockland County, is going to, in fact, be part of our conversation. I think he's going to have an interesting perspective that needs to be heard. Uh, so make sure to tune in tomorrow. And, of course, the election in Israel, we're heading toward a third election and so many other things going on. Uh, we didn't even have a chance last week to speak to Malcolm regarding the rockets, etc. So that's all coming up tomorrow, 7.40 Eastern time right here at JM in the AM. Remember, you can sponsor part or all of a JM in the AM broadcast. Go to uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Please sponsor a segment of our broadcast in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, whatever the case may be, so that we can continue bringing you this amazing program and this incredible network every single Day. Full schedule today, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari, who was just in Pittsburgh this past Monday night. That's at 9 a.m. Spin class with Michael Fragan at 9.30. Allison Josephs with Jew in the City Speaks at 10 o'clock. That's live with Miriam L. Wallach. Jason Goldfarb will be discussing the event this Sunday at the Young Israel of Woodmere, the swabbing event to try to save a life. That's going to be happening on That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. And Elon Kornblum with a word or two about Thanksgiving. Uh, is going to be joining Miriam as well. So that's all happening between 10.30 and 11 o'clock on That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. We'll live lunch at uh, 1, excuse me, at 11. Throwback Thursday at 1. We'll JM Rewind with our uh, conversations from Pittsburgh at 4 p.m. And then the Arab Shabbos show is on at 7 o'clock, hosted by Mark Zamek and brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening um, uh, tonight starting at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, repeated at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So make sure to be tuned in. The Ohel Gala is happening this coming Sunday. Make sure to uh, get your tickets, ohelfamily.org, ohelfamily.org. Last night at the Shari Tzedek event, I saw Modi, and he told me how much he's looking forward to this coming Sunday with the Atid Society at the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy Ray Kushner Yeshiva High School event. That's happening in Livingston, New Jersey. The Halperns, of course, are the uh, chairs of that event. That's happening this Sunday. Go to the uh, Kushner website for information about the Atid Society uh, get together this coming Sunday night. Uh, Talmud Torah of Flatbush will have it by Dr. Jacob J. Schachter this coming Saturday night. They have had some incredible crowds there at the uh, Talmud Torah of Flatbush over the last uh, over the last um, couple of weeks, and I'm sure this week be, this week will be no exception. As Rabbi Dr. Jacob J. Schachter speaks about the Rav and the Rebbe, Brisk meets Chabad. That's happening this coming. That's happening this coming uh, a Saturday night. Go to the Talmud Torah of Flatbush on Saturday night, and um, the next NEXT 
Israel networking event for young professionals tonight at Splash Space, West 26th Street in New York City. Go to the Nefesh Benefesh website, nbn.org.il, for information. nbn.org.il. New Springville Jewish Center this coming Saturday night presents an evening with Joey Newcomb. This coming Saturday night, New Springville Jewish Center, 120 Saxon Avenue in Staten Island. Begins at 8 p.m., accompanied by the Joey Newcomb Band. Everybody from uh, Staten Island, Brooklyn, Jersey, and anywhere is invited to come and enjoy at the New Springville Jewish Center. Phone number is 718-983-8063, Well, tonight, Yeshiva University's men's basketball team, the uh, Maccabees, start their home schedule. They'll begin at 8 p.m. against Brooklyn College. I hope you'll be there and join us in what I hope will be a sold-out Max Stern Athletic Center. Again, starting at 8 p.m. The Max are 3-1 and one officially. They had a four-game road trip and split their games in California and won both of their games last weekend in Maryland. With us live via telephone, representing Max Live, M-A-C-S Live. That's where you can watch and hear the game tonight, M-A-C-S Live. Representing Max Live this morning here at JM and the AM is one of the Max Live um, prominent members, and that is uh, Mr. Yehoshua Siegel, who's up on the Yeshiva University campus uh, in Washington Heights. Yehoshua, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you very much. Great to be back. I can only imagine the level of excitement on the campus, on all the YU campuses, as the Maccabees, the men's basketball team, gets ready to start it's home schedule tonight. Yeah, for the last couple of weeks, it's been a lot of you know following online and uh, uh, finding streams online to follow along throughout the games. But uh, it's about time we'll get to watch one in person. Yeah, it's it's interesting that um, and you bring up the whole online thing, the streaming. It's interesting in the old days, before the internet was as popular as it is today. Uh, there were always fans around the world of the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. Now they actually get an opportunity through Max Live to tune in to watch what's going on. And I would bet you hear from people who are watching in the middle of the night in Israel, watching earlier in the afternoon in Los Angeles, and, of course, a variety of other places. Am I right that the Max Live response is international at this point? Yeah, you are correct. I was actually just telling someone yesterday that when I was in Israel last January, uh, taking a little vacation, that uh, people actually came up to me and said, like, oh, you're the guy from Max Live. I've been following along the whole season and you know, things like that other places as well. But I feel like Israel was the most uh, obscure. Really amazing. All right, Yoshua Siegel is with us tonight, 8 o'clock. You can watch the game at Max Live. We're hoping you'll be there at the Max Stern Athletic Center. So was this unexpected, a 3-1 and one start, especially against teams that YU is not used to playing? Was this unexpected, or is this par for the course for this really high-quality basketball team? I'm not sure unexpected is the word. I think people just didn't know what to expect. So, they, you know, they weren't. They didn't really set their expectations at any point. They played a couple of good teams in the Occidental College. The first game was uh, was a tough matchup. And when they played, I believe it was Washington College this past Sunday, that's a team that's been to the tournament five out of the last five years. Wow. Um, so, yeah, definitely an impressive start, especially after the dropping the first game. Uh, it's good to see them getting back on track. Um, one of the things I noticed... And, um, I mean, I'm sure anybody who's observing closely noticed is that Coach Steinmetz used a very, very uh, consolidated lineup over these first four games. If you look at the collective statistics for this season among the players on the University men's basketball team, 
there are only between six and seven people, it seems, uh, that have any significant amount of playing time. Is that unusual for this coach, or is that the way it usually goes? I mean, it seems a little unusual only because it was hyped up to have such a uh, the team was hyped up to have such a deep bench and uh, so many role players that could that could that could take on a small role, especially just even for a few minutes. But it seems early on, yeah, it's really just a six, seven man rotation. Maybe there's an injury we don't know about here or there, but um, for now, it's what it seems like. That's what's happening. Well, Donnie Katz has been out, and I don't. Is there word if he's playing tonight or not? I've not heard anything yet. So I'm sure that's going to be a game time decision. And um, in addition to that, there was speculation. In fact, not just speculation. The coach himself was on this show telling us about a player or two that he would expect would get more playing time in the early part of this season, and that and that has not happened. The players he mentioned have not. Uh, the ones that have essentially been the sixth and seventh players have been who? Who have been the couple of guys that have been coming off the bench for YU at this point? Um, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure if they went with the same starting lineup for every game, but the combination after the big three have been uh, Ofek, Reef, Caleb Malachki, um I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. Yeah, I could have been a little wrong there, and um, and Barlow of those three has really been rotating as the bottom three and, of the uh, of the lineup. And you mean that in addition, of course, to Terrell Halpert and uh, and Lifer. What's funny is I don't think <laughs> I don't think the 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 casual to the serious fans would have guessed that those three would be the uh, the fourth, fifth, and sixth players in this rotation at this point. I, I think well, especially uh, one just came back last week. Was just reinstated. Barloop was just reinstated a couple right. of days ago. Right. Um, Ofik Reef is his first year, and uh, Caleb has been. Uh, he was only there, I believe, for the second half of last year, so no one really knew what to right. expect. Right. And, and Caleb didn't get any, any significant time last year, so that's amazing that he's been able to progress to this level. Right. And Aton Halbert, I believe, was a seventh. I think he might. He, he even started a few games as well. Well, Aton started one game, but if you look, right. if you look, the first game, right? But if you look at his minutes, it's not. It doesn't compare to the other guys that are coming off yeah. the bench. And Ofek, when did we discover that he's such a good ball player? When did he work his way? Of all the people that I heard about during the summer, I don't think I heard about him. Same. So I, I'll say the same, but as soon as the season started, everyone started talking about him. It's funny, I'll tell you. And officially, he plays what position? Is he a shooting guard officially? That's what it seems like based on the role. Again, like a lot of right. a lot of the schemes, it's hard to tell, but it seems like around there. Yeah, that's one thing about this team. You, you Don't be surprised. They all do everything. Right, everybody does everything is right. Yoshua Siegel's with us. The big reminder, everybody, that at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight, 3 a.m. Israel time tomorrow, Max Live is on, live from the Max Stern Athletic Center as Brooklyn College visits Yeshiva University. Any idea about Brooklyn? Do we know what the do we know what the point spread is tonight? I don't know if they've come out with the spread yet, but I feel <laughs> these uh, these games, especially at home, I think for the most part they're expected to win at this point. I hope so. I have no idea how Brooklyn's doing. I mean, I guess it's easy to find out, but in you know, some years Brooklyn has a great basketball team. Other years, you know, it's an easy uh, it's an easy target for YU. I'm hoping for the latter tonight. I want you guys to be able to report in a 30-point uh, victory this evening. Let's hope so. We're all looking for the same thing. By the way, does everyone start at 8? Does this does this broadcast begin any earlier? Is there a pregame? How does it work? I believe the pregame will be starting at 7.40 tonight. All right. And, a special uh, first, game, uh, first game of the year uh, pregame. And I guess a lot and, of what we're uh, discussing yeah. in this conversation will be discussed there. I would assume so. I'm not hosting the pregame, so I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but it's very possible we touch on the same topics. By the way, I heard a rumor yesterday that the first halftime guest of the season tonight 
is going to be vice president of Yeshiva University, Josh Josephs. Josh Josephs, brother. That's very possible. I just don't want to give away any surprises. Wow. So even if I have confirmation, you you will deny it until game time, huh? <laughs> I, listen, that's what my role is. <laughs> I like that. How many guys are going to be on this game? Are there sideline reporters? Are there are, are there enhanced next gen graphics? What what happens tonight during this game? <laughs> I don't know exactly how many people will be in the booth, but a lot of people have worked very very hard putting together certain pregame videos and halftime videos um, throughout the. I mean, really, throughout the last few months, I'm um, just getting ready for uh, for the broadcast this year. But probably in the booth, we'll have around four to five people. And you've anywhere seen, between, yeah. And you've seen this over the years. Uh, it, every time Max Live goes back for a new season, they do seriously have you know it, it, some different enhancements. They spend time you know figuring out how to improve on the broadcast, so it should be noticeable uh, tonight. Yeah, for sure. We say we try to figure everything out: more videos, more more guests, uh, right. upgrading devices, all our equipment. You, are you getting any idea from the campus if this place will be full tonight, or you have no idea? I'm not sure. It's always hard to tell because there's always a lot going on on Thursday night, so yeah. no one really knows. That's true. All right, Brooklyn, we're told here, are 0-2. Let's hope that they uh, they stay with no wins in that column uh, after tonight uh, against the 3-1 and Yeshiva University Maccabees. Yoshua Siegel reminds everybody that tonight at 8 p.m. You can watch all of it at Max Live, M-A-C-S Live, M-A-C-S Live. Uh, that's where you could find the uh, home of Yeshiva University men's basketball. And uh, tonight they play Brooklyn College in their home opener, wishing Coach Steinmetz and, of course, the entire team great success. And, uh, Yoshua, please convey to your team, because the, the entire Max Live operation is what, like 20 guys, 20, 30? Is that, is, that, is that accurate? I mean, essentially, between all the broadcasts. So during Sarachek, it's even more than that. But wow. uh, at this point, it's between the staff of writers and the broadcasters. It's definitely over 25-30. All right, I'm asking you to please convey our good wishes for a successful season to them. That would be my pleasure. Let them have some memorable sound bites on their broadcast. Let's hope so. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. There he is, Yoshua Siegel, who is part of the Max Live team. They'll be uh, giving you the play-by-play of our uh, favorite men's basketball team, Yeshiva University. Uh, that's tonight, beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Yoni, who plays in the NFL tonight? Who's YU going up against in terms of uh, ratings? Do we know? Who's? Are you serious? Houston against Indianapolis? Can we get the Houston boy to, to say live on JM and the AM that he will forego watching his Texans in order to watch the Yeshiva University men's basketball team? Would that be all right? Or not possible. (laughs) (laughs) He says we'll see. Sounds like a 50-50 shot that even a gentleman from Houston will forego his own team in order to go with a a team that's more endearing to him, the Yeshiva University men's basketball team. 24 minutes before 9 o'clock. It's JM in the AM. A reminder that we have a full community calendar online. When you go to the community calendar at NahumSiegel.com, you'll see a whole bunch of events. The the, uh, A Time event. Uh, in Lakewood, New Jersey, the Women's Health Event for Married Women is happening on the 26th of November. The FIDF New Jersey Tribute Dinner is happening on the 2nd of December. The Jewish National Fund Winter Reception happening in Teaneck is on Tuesday, December 3rd. Uh, one of the reasons that you don't always see all of the events when you go to the community calendar online is because um, is because a lot of them, a lot of the events don't make the homepage of the community calendar until we get closer to them. 
So if you've submitted something to Avrami, AF at NahumSiegel.com, to get onto the community calendar, it will get there. Don't worry. It just may take some time to get on the homepage of the community calendar because it, uh, it does take time until we get closer to the event. For instance, that, that's the reason yesterday we were contacted by the people who are running the Shabbaton in honor of the Sia Mashas. Uh, that's the reason that th- that's not up there yet. But I can tell you, because we have been informed, that Congregation Heichal Kodesh Breslov of the United States, under the leadership of Rabbi Joel Roth, presents a special Shabbaton in honor of the Sia Mashas coming up in January. Shabbaton is going to be at the Crown Plaza in Stamford, and that happens starting Friday afternoon, the 3rd of January. To make your reservations, etc., it's 917-541-1197, 917-541-1197. More coming up. You are listening to JM in the AM. Oh, yesterday, Benny Freeman was here. We had a great time. You can see the video if you go to... Um, if you go to uh, uh, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network. And this is one of the select. Here's the title track uh, from the brand new album, Kulanu Nelech, one of the uh, selections that we featured yesterday here at JM in the AM. Benny Friedman at JM in the AM.
חשוב מאיפה באת, מי אתה, לאן אתה הולך, כולנו ילדים שלך, Bye-bye. 
JM in the AM, is it possible that that uh, video has three million hits already? My gosh. Macha Bracha done by um, Shmuley Unger here at JM in the AM. Imesh Gachech, that was Gershon Varoba before that. Uh, well, the latest from the Jerusalem Post, President Ruvain Rivlin uh, and Knesset Speaker Yuli Edelstein scolded Israel's politicians on Thursday for enabling the country to have two elections and possibly a third race that could take place in March. Rivlin and Edelstein met at the president's residence, formally initiating a 21-day period in which any MK could obtain the support of a majority of the Knesset members and form a government. <clears throat> Rivlin officially informed the speaker that both Prime Minister Netanyahu and Blue and White leader Gans failed to build a coalition. Uh, when the last two Knesset terms began, I asked you to set aside your election swords and clean away the dirt, Rivlin said. I told you that political considerations must no longer be what solely guides you. You must show awareness of our sovereignty, statesmanship, and responsibility for the people of this dear land. Rivlin told the MKs that their political fate does not matter as much as the everyday life of the average citizen. During these 21 days, consider your go obligation to the people, he said. Adelstein reminded the MKs that he begged them to cancel the September election before it took place. He said MKs told him, the election was necessary because its results would be dramatically different. They weren't different, and neither would a third or fourth race, he said. In a mantra he repeated regarding different sectors of the population and groups facing challenges, Edelstein said, no one wants additional elections. He concluded by calling upon the public to pressure their members of Knesset to not allow an additional election to take place. Wow. Speaking of Israel, uh, listener Ellie says he's walking the streets of Jerusalem's old city listening to JM and the AM. It's the best. Thank you, Ellie. Spread the word. Let's get everybody in uh, Israel listening. And I thank you very much for that. Thursday morning, full slate here at JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network for a Thursday. Right after this program, Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari, then Spin Class with Michael Fragan. Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Josephs at 1030. It's That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. Jason Goldfarb from the swabbing event at the Young Israel of Woodmere will join her. Plus, Elon Kornblum will have some words about the holiday of Thanksgiving. We'll live lunch at 11 o'clock and uh, move on to JM Rewind, which concentrates on our trip to Pittsburgh. That's going to be at 4. The Air of Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That'll air at 7 p.m. Eastern time and repeated at 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. Eastern time. And there you have a full lineup, an incredible lineup, on this Thursday of Parashat Chaye Sarah. A lot of people leaving today, a lot of people leaving at around noontime on that, well, I guess it would be 1 o'clock, right, from Newark for Chaye Sarah in the holy city of Hebron. Enjoy. I wish I could be part of it the way I was uh, very, very often in the old days. Uh, it's not going to be happening this year, but hopefully in a future year. But anyway, enjoy Shabbat Parashat Chaye Sarah in the holy city of of Chevron. This is JM in the AM. Oh, baby. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday. My thanks to uh, Yoni Pollock, served as videographer in a hundred other roles during our uh, conversation with uh, Allison Josephs, and I thank him. Uh, coming up next, it's Unlocking Greatness with Charlie Harari, Michael Fragan, then with Spin Class, Jew in the City Speaks, the aforementioned Allison Josephs at 10 o'clock. That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach at 10.30. Live Lunch will be live between 11 and 1. Make sure to be tuned in. Throwback Thursday, tonight's Erev Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. 
7 p.m. and then repeated at 3 a.m. and at 10 a.m. Eastern time of a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, I'll come to go reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. (laughs) 